Do they shove the thing up your nose? I have no idea. No, I think they hand it to you and you do it. Oh God, really? Yeah. I don't in something like that, I don't know if I want to be responsible for like shoving something into my face. Like I'm not I'm not trained to do that, so I don't know right. whether or not I would want to do that and be like, you know, hopefully I'm hitting the right area instead of like yeah. poking it into my brain. <laughs> Well, if you like start speaking in Spanish or something, you know you went too far. <laughs> oh, is that all it takes? Yeah. Oh. Dance, monkey, dance. this week's episode of dance monkey dance i'm chris i'm john how you doing john doing just peachy keen <laughs> yeah yeah how's things in florida besides you know kind of hot well dodged another hurricane yeah i saw that yeah got a little bit of rain nothing serious we probably got more rain than you did out of it i would think so <laughs> I would think I would think so. Well, that's good. Yeah. But yeah, other than that, it's, you know, it's what it is. It's, you know, in the 80s today, it may be in the 40s next week, who can tell. <laughs> how's the how's the mood of people in Florida these days? Oh, they're a bunch of assholes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's all there is to it. That's all there is to it. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, is there any complaining or anything going on? Are there any like? Of course there is. Is there? Yeah, of course. We've got a governor who doesn't want to tell us what's going on with COVID, <laughs> but he's on daily phone calls with the orange one. So you know we can only imagine how fantastic that is. I mean, it's uh, it, it's incredible that the United States has just shrugged this away and went back to their normal lives. As if nothing ever happened. Yep. And now there are hundreds of thousands of cases a day. And compared to the flu, Chris, that that that's nothing. That's nothing. <laughs> per capita, that's nothing. Not at all. I mean, and the fact that like there were a couple of thousand idiots in, running around Washington this weekend, no masks. There were millions, weren't there? Well, they claim there were millions, but the people that were there say more like a couple of thousand. Of course. Which is scary enough as it is that those many that that many people have decided that that was the proper course of action. Oh, of course it is. Um, but I mean, it may it for some reason it opened the eyes of a couple of people over at, at Fox News when there were signs plastered on their network that basically said we're coming for the blacks and the and the indians and welcome to the new world order or something and it was well, like I, I i saw one sign that said notice there are no nazis at our at our whatever it was called 
at our protest. Oh, no, I didn't see that one. Oh, that was a good one. But they're all Nazis, aren't they? Well, apparently there's this new thing called Parlor. Oh, I I saw a bunch of people on my Facebook feed saying that they were going to switch to that. Uh, they should go right ahead. But go I, right ahead. Then one of one of them said, "Oh, I just tried to sign up, and they want a copy of your driver's license." Yes. And it's like, yeah, go ahead, go do that, because that yep. doesn't spell fucking disaster. Yep. Yeah, some of the postings were like, can we get identities of these BLM people? We can make them non-living and time to start executing lefties openly and violently. It's like, okay, those are threats. You should be in jail right now. Yes. So I think what we do is we let all of the the petty drug crime committers who are in jail right now free to free up space for these people. (laughs) But I think what you do is, you know, you make sure that there's a, a really strong gang presence so that it's like, you know, one stupid white Republican to, you know, a, you know, 50 Crips. Yeah. <laughs> and his and the uniform has to say something like F Latinos or something. There you go. <laughs> it's like, there you go. Good luck. Yeah, no. Have fun in the shower. I didn't see any of those. Although that that makes me think I should rethink my what I've been doing on Facebook. <laughs> so so we have a um a web page for yes. the residents um called After Hours, which is more of um people speak their mind freely, no matter how fucking terrible it is. Mm-hmm. And I've, I don't go there a lot, but I wanted to see what people were talking about because I have to live around these people. Sure. And there was one dude that posted a video and it was a bunch of the left leaning, um, news sites. Okay. So MSNBC, CNN, um, Keith, Keith Olbermann, who does a, Mm -hmm. a set of videos on, on, YouTube and it was, um, you know, the, the, the way that they're talking about people like that, the Trump voters aren't fit for society and that like Keith Overman's calling them all idiots for voting for Trump and they're, they're doing what they're normally doing. So, um, he, he put down that it's a very disturbing remark from political commentators about, um, Republicans. Mm-hmm. So there were no um, comments to this, and so I put the the gift that I always put, which is Robert Downey Jr. rolling his eyes. Uh huh. And I left it, and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't say anything else. I just did the eye roll because there had been other people on who were defending Trump and other Democrats that were like defending Biden. So I just left it. So about a half an hour later, I got a, a notification that he responded to my GIF. Oh. And so he says, feel free to get lost. This is for those who want to see both sides of the coin and what we're feeling. And I was like, oh, you mean like I was four years ago when Trump got elected and I was told to suck it up? Like, yeah. So I so then I was like, well, I can't stop now. Like. One of, I've, and I've said this on the show in the past, I feel like if you're going to put something online, 
you should be ready to defend it from whatever kind of comments get made. So because I felt like I put, I needed to put up the GIF and this guy responded, I felt like I needed to respond. Okay. So, so I said, oh, you mean like a president that incited violence and tear gassed his own people so he could take a picture with a Bible in front of a church? Settle down, snowflake. <laughs> so I was, I was chuckling at that. And about a half an hour later, I get another response that um, he had responded again. Okay. So he writes, I'm not here to debate with someone who isn't interested in both sides of a story. Take a hike. I don't have anything else to say to you, hypocrite. Now, what part of what I said makes me a hypocrite? So let me ask this first. Can he identify you from your post? Well, I mean, my last name is on it. Oh, well, then when you go missing. (laughs) So, but I mean, tell me. Okay. Both sides of the story would be both Republican and Democrat, right? Yeah. I'm taking the Democratic side. He's saying that the Republicans are upset because there are Democrats not liking the way the Republican Party is being run. Or or whatever. Did I say that right? That they're not happy... They're not happy with the way that the Republican Party is being reported on in the media is more accurate. Okay. So I just basically said in, in a, well, I, I basically said, look, they're talking about violence, but you have to also remember that the dude in charge is inciting violence and tear gassing right. his own people. So I'm not really sure why I'm a hypocrite. And I was trying to take the other side to have a friendly chat. I don't know why he felt I'm a hypocrite, but whatever. So after he put that, I, I, I still couldn't resist. And I put up the gif of from Spider-Man of J. Jonah Jameson laughing. Okay. And then he writes, oh, look, I can turn off comments so I don't have to hear from woke people. So you just shut off the comments so like-minded people can't say anything. You didn't block me. Right. And you didn't take down the stuff that I put up. So what? So I was, I'm just chalking it up to stupid behavior of stupid people. No, I may be wrong for having posted this shit or, or engaging with this dude. But if you can't take the criticism, don't put it on Facebook. Sure. Go over to parlor and fucking, you know, talk <laughs> with the, the, the like-minded people can't go to Reddit anymore because they, they shut down all the, the posts that deal with Donald Trump. So. Right. And it's on an after hours page. So it's not even like, you know, what they call the vanilla page where you can't talk about any of this shit. So this dude yeah. just, you know, you can kiss my ass. So did you track him down? Go visit him? No. Put a Biden sign in? <laughs> yeah. But this is another dude who um, had uh, looking at his looking at his profile 
has grown up and lived in South Carolina his entire life. And he probably doesn't like black people. He probably doesn't like Latino people because he was raised in an area where, you know, he just like, he's been exposed to this shit his entire life. And now like I'm looking at his profile right now and it, the, the top thing that he, he posted an hour ago is stop the Clinton cover up, expose Obama's oh. cover ups of Clinton's crimes, sign the petition. Jesus Christ, people. These are the fucking idiots that I'm having to deal with. Yeah. So, you know, fuck they me. are not special to where you are. No. And I know that. And, you know, the the problem is that we both live in the South where mm-hmm. this shit is allowed to go on. I don't know. It's just a fucking shit show yeah two more months that's it two more months the grand finale (laughs) can't wait yeah Uh, okay enough of the political crap okay moving on people don't come to a pop culture podcast to listen to us bitch about stuff like this right maybe they do I don't know who knows so, <laughs> did you watch anything fun this week? Um, I I did a little more retro watching. Yeah, what'd you watch? Um, I watched *Romancing the Stone* and *Jewel of the Nile* back to back. Oh, so you went from a good movie to a shit movie, huh? Yes, <laughs> and um. They were typical movies from the 1980s yeah. with that stupid-ass synthesizer score that just drives me freaking crazy. It's like, oh, my God. The first one was great. And Romancing the Stone is the reason we have Back to the Future. Uh, because they, because Zemeckis got taken off a cocoon. Yeah, and, and they Zemeckis wanted to prove that he could make a movie that could make some money. Yep. So, yeah, they wouldn't have greenlit Back to the Future if that hadn't been a success. That's right. And the the, the problem with um, the second one, Jewel of the Nile, is the fact that Zemeckis didn't direct it. Well, and who did direct it? I don't remember offhand who did direct it. It was Michael Douglas, wasn't it? Was it? Jewel of the... Nile. Uh, oh, Louis Teague. Who what was who was Louis Teague? Uh, he did Cujo, Cat's Eye, and Navy, Navy Seals. Seals. Yeah, so nothing. Yeah, I mean, Navy Seals is is another like mid ninety. Well, it's nineteen ninety, so it's that that action ensemble thing. But yep. Yeah, I mean, I don't see anything recently. Not since 2010. No. Unless you want to, you know, the Dukes of Hazard reunion TV movie in 97. That was a good freaking movie. They squeezed Catherine Bach back into those Daisy Dukes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Classic. Classic. So, yeah. I, I Being taken out of the hands of, 
Zemeckis is really what cost that movie for mm-hmm. sure. Um, yeah, but the the first one, the the first one was was the movie that gave my mom a heart attack because um, she didn't know anything about it and she let me watch it because she thought it was an action film. And you know, there's that sex scene with um, um, Kathleen Turner, mm-hmm. and pretty much gave her a heart attack. And I, my dad was like, "Whatever, he's like twelve. Let him watch it." But it's not even that. No, you don't see big of a sex scene. No, you don't really see much of anything. Yeah. Good old Holland Taylor was in it. And she aged between the first and the second movie. Because <laughs> in the first movie, I was like, wow, she's really young. And then the second movie, I was like, ooh, what happened? <laughs> what was, when did the first one come out? 84? So it was only, wait a minute. This is no, Jordan I was 85. A... Wait a minute, hang on. Romancing the Stone. Yeah, 84 is what it says. So it was only a year later. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Huh. Well, that's really weird then. <laughs> yeah. Apparently Zemeckis had trouble working with um, Kathleen Turner. Oh. Well, you know. So I don't know if that's why he didn't do the second one. Well, if this is 85, that's he's making Back to the Future at the same time. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So he wouldn't really have been able to. I mean, probably the, the best career choice for sure. <clears throat> oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. So what else did you watch? Anything good? Uh no. no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was scanning through Amazon Prime. Yeah. And there's not a whole hell of a lot I want to watch on that damn thing. So I did find that there was a remake of one of my favorite shows when I was a kid by Sid and Marty Croft. Which Sigmund and the Sea Monsters. There's there's a remake? There's a remake okay. starring David Arquette. When did that come out? Oh. I mean, was it, was it made specifically for um, 2016? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Um, it's rated uh, ages seven plus. <laughs> okay. Which was pretty obvious. Um, Zygmunt is still running away from his family. They're trying to find him and bring him back because they kind of make him do all the work. Um, it's now about two young boys who are sent to California to spend time with their aunt and cousin, um, who puts them to work in her snack shop, (laughs) but they're like 10 and 12, (laughs) Like that's really illegal, isn't it? <laughs> so it was a prime exclusive. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, and are the are the monsters actually like big foam people and like in 
They're the they're latex now as opposed to straight up foam. Okay, but they're it's not like CG monsters. No, 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 no. Okay. Nope. Wow. Uh, yeah. It was pretty bad. Wow. Okay. Now, now I'm looking for the remake of the Bugaloos. <laughs> Another classic. I mean, and it looks like David Arquette may be the most famous person in any of the seven episodes. Yes, he was. Wow. I guess they got Johnny Whitaker back for five of the episodes. Okay. Uh, I didn't make it that far. <laughs> <laughs> no? No. Oh. But, um, yeah, I mean, the monsters were pretty okay. But it was really a a kind of Hannah Montana type of show. Hmm, okay. You know, very much Disney, Nickelodeon, let's pander to little children. So I got through one episode. That was enough. <laughs> Jesus. Well, there is something on Prime I think you should watch if you haven't watched it Ooh, yet. What's, what's that? It's a show called Truth Seekers. I did watch it. Did you? Did you watch them all? I watched it last week. I just kind of forgot to bring it up. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm like six or seven episodes in of the eight. Oh, so you're almost done. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I I really like it. I think it's, it's for anybody who doesn't know, it's it's Nick Frost and um, um, Simon Pegg, I guess, are the brain people behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's got like Malcolm McDowell in it and they are the, the, um, Nick Frost has a, a YouTube channel where he's like a, um, paranormal investigator and all this weird shit starts happening to him for real. And, uh, his, his coworker who's a black guy is named Elton John. <laughs> yes. But that's not his real name. No, <laughs> but the the first episode grabbed me because of the way that they introduce Malcolm McDowell. Mm-hmm. Um, he plays he plays Nick Frost's father, and yep. it's I don't want to give it away because I want people to watch it, but I think it's it's one of the better things I've seen on Prime in a while. Yeah, I I liked it. Yeah, I liked the premise, <laughs> the fact that he works for an internet company yeah and all of this supernatural paranormal stuff is happening because of the electrical interference with the cable signals mm-hmm. um yeah and it seems like each one tackles something different there's one with like number stations yep and then there's one with um like like a dude that's experimenting on a dog or a cat or something Yep. That's one of them. Well, he's he's experimenting on transferring your soul. Your soul to electronics. Yeah. And that kind of comes up multiple times. Yeah, that's the kind of the through line. But they're hitting yeah. different different paranormal things through mm-hmm. each of like through the with the help of the through line. So it's it's kind right. of interesting. Right. So if anybody's out there looking for something, I would definitely say check out True Seekers. Yes. Yes. Uh, I also watched um, a thing on Netflix. Okay. Called Auntie Donna's Big Old Fun House of Fun. 
<laughs> okay. It's three guys from Australia, and it's like a a um like a comedy troupe, I guess. And they they I think it's like seven episodes, and they're all like twenty minutes long. Um, and it's some things go on a little bit too long, in my opinion, for to be comedy. But like this is Australia, so it's not really like American humor. Sure. But a lot of it made me laugh out loud. And it's, it's, I think it's produced by Ed, Ed Helms. Really? Yeah. Okay. Cause he's in a couple of episodes. Um, okay. um, Anthony, Anthony star who played Homelander is in an episode. Okay. Um, the, the, oh, what's her name? The comedian that was in, um, Oh, what show was that? Last Man on Earth? Played the voice of Trixie in Toy Yeah, Story. yeah, yeah. I know who you mean. Uh, uh, yeah. She does a voice in the first episode. Okay. There's usually a song that goes along with the episode. Um, and it, I, I think it's pretty funny. So oh, really? it's not one of those things that, that had like popped up. I saw, I was following the Homelander guy on, um, Instagram and he said, Hey, I'm in this show. They're like 20 minutes long. Just go watch it. And it was one of those that I watched the first one. And in 20 minutes, I was like, all right, I need to watch the second one now. So I went through them very fast, but. Oh, Weird Al is in an episode. Weird Al's in an episode. Yeah. Huey from the boys is in there. Jack Quaid. Is he? Yep. Okay. I mean, there's all kinds of people that, that pop up, so. Yep. Um, Kristen Schaal. Kristen Schaal. That's it. Yep. Yeah. I remember her from uh, 30 Rock. Her character right. was Hazel was her name. <laughs> and one of the one of the weird parts of this show is that it's it's three. I'm, I'm assuming they're three friends who have created this and they write the sketches and they play multiple people in the sketches. OK, so in the first episode, they're looking for a new housemate. And they're sitting on one side of the table and every time the camera turns, it's one of those three guys dressed as somebody else (laughs) on the other side. And they have an episode where they're playing family feud. Okay. And there's four people standing there to answer questions, but it's the same two guys repeated. Okay. In different outfits. Um, and they're playing off of each other. And the third guy is the host. And it's done extremely well because you can't see like the digital lines and you can't like really tell because they're crossing each other's paths and stuff. It's done really well for what it is. Hmm. And it's funny. It made, it made me laugh out loud a bunch of times. Okay. But you have to be prepared if you're going to go watch this because it's Australia. So they use the word cunt a lot. <laughs> just so, just so you're aware, don't watch this around your kids. If you're out there and like, Oh, this is something I want to watch. That's funny. So, you know, just be, just beware. (laughs) Parental guidance suggested. Yes, for sure. They don't hold back. I also watched this week, um, new mutants, which was that X-Men. Yes. What they claimed as a horror film. Yes. It wasn't held out of theaters because of the whole (laughs) Disney merger. 
Yeah. It wasn't a good film. Oh. Um, they telegraphed the horror part of it in the first five minutes. Okay. To the point where I called it at the, like at the very beginning. And like, I sat through the whole thing and I, it was like, oh, okay. Like there's an hour and a half or whatever that I'm never going to get back. Right. So I wouldn't watch that. It was, it was not a very good film. Yeah. No matter, you know, oh, the Disney merger hurt this. No, it really didn't. (laughs) No, that's not why. It just sucked. Yeah. I mean, and it's the first, I'll give it to them. It's the first, um, X-Men film where they have openly gay characters and, you know, they're, they're trying to be inclusive and all that. But if the story doesn't work, the, it doesn't matter what the relationships are at that point. Sure. So, but don't waste your time. Okay. If you see it somewhere, you don't have to stop and watch it. Okay. And then I also watched Rocket Man finally. Oh, good. What'd you think? Um, I would, I, I'm very comfortable in saying that this might be my new favorite, uh, musical. Really? Okay. Um, I really enjoyed, well, knowing that it, it's not supposed to be a biography. Right. That it's, it's based on Elton John's life, but you know, it's more fantastical than that. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed their use of camera work. I really enjoyed like there's a, there's a scene in the beginning when he's seeing himself as a child and it's supposed to be, I guess the fifties. Okay. And his character is wearing this, like the older Elton John is wearing like a devil costume. Yes. And he is in full color and everything else is kind of desaturated. Mm-hmm. with the idea of you're seeing the past and they right. use a bunch of that kind of stuff. They use, they use young to old, uh, Elton John in a couple of places to show you the passage of time. The, the musical numbers are big and lavish. And then like, um, is it, it's not crocodile rock. It's, um, Saturday night's all right for fighting. Is that the one on the street? Yeah. And they go in through the, the neighborhood. Carnival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at the end, he runs into the pub that his band's playing in, and he sits down, he finishes the song. Like, clever things like that, I like. And I'm not a huge Elton John fan, but I know enough of his music that every song that's in it, I I know and is enjoyable. And um, I like the way that they they presented it all, so... And then they go and they redo, um, um, oh God, what's the song? I'm still standing. I'm still standing. They like go to the same beach and they, they're, they recreate it shot for shot. Like I like that shit too. So, um, I don't know why it took me so long to see rocket man, but yeah. Um, because it's on, it's, it's on both prime and Hulu. Mm -hmm. And it was just one, like the other day I was, flipping through my watch next list. And I was like, okay, I just, I need to watch rocket man. Cause it was always one of those things of like, okay, I, I don't know if I want to watch it right now or I'll wait. Um, but yeah, I sat down and, and really enjoyed it. Like I can definitely see rewatching it a bunch of times. 
Sure. So if anybody hasn't seen it yet, it's been on the fence. See it. Yes. Two thumbs up. Because there's also, and I didn't realize this until after the film, that his mother is played by by Dallas Bryce Dallas Howard. Yes. And I kept looking at her in the movie going, why does she look familiar? Mm-hmm. But she does a rather good English accent. Mm-hmm. And just threw me. It's like it's like um Andrew Lincoln in Walking Dead. Like you'd never think that he was English. And in this, if you didn't know who who she was, you would think, oh, that's just an English actress they got. Yep. So yeah, good film. I I really enjoyed it. And if if it is based on a fact, uh, like some of it, like Elton John has mm-hmm. had a, a really sad life. Yes. For the most part. Especially if his if his the thing with his parents is based in reality. I I would say it is. Okay. Cause that that kind of sucks. But Yes. I did read some stuff like he didn't get the last name John from um the Beatles when he came up with his name. That was all like made up for the movie. Yeah. But I would rather have that than the way that they did Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. Which I haven't seen that. So a lot of it is taken out of out of time. Like things happen in the movie way before they, they happened in real life. And the the fact that they suppose they, they build it as a, a biopic that um they had the other members of Queen to sign off on it makes me scratch my head because when you hear the real history, you're like that it's all for drama and like not, not truth mm-hmm. as to where rocket man is. We're not really going for truth. We're going to go for like, you know, Elton's on his piano and all of a sudden he starts to fly like type stuff. So, Right. It's very much a fantasy. Yes, and and I enjoyed that more. Okay. So yeah, I think that probably ends up taking the top spot of my favorite musical. Hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. So, did you watch the latest episode of The Mandalorian? What's that? <laughs> it's just a little show. Oh, I've heard something about that, I think. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Was it any good? Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed this episode. Yeah? Um, After after last week's not really paying anything off episode, Mm -hmm. um, other than, I guess it's going to, it's going to work itself into, um, Next week, my, my theory is, um, he crashed on that ice planet to get his ship into a state where he's going to have to go see Cara Dune and Grief Karga. Okay. Um, because in the trailer, there's, there's a scene where he walks up in Navarro to them and says, I need your help. And, um, 
I feel like because the ship is limping along, he's going to have to hit Navarro before he hits wherever he's going next. Okay. But I, I liked this episode. Um, and speaking of Bryce Dallas Howard, she also directed this episode. Yes. Um, what a, what a segue. Yeah, I know. And I didn't even think of that until now. So, um, they land on this planet the the um frog chick was trying to get to with her eggs yep um crash into the water this time um mm-hmm. have to get towed out which i guess it's a good thing that that cockpit is airtight watertight yes because like i i was assuming that when you see them pull the ship out of the water they'd be standing on the dock dripping wet watching the ship be put down but no they were actually mm-hmm. still in the cockpit yeah um you get a, a couple of cool shots of them on a boat um yes there's there's i personally liked the they're not they're not mon calamari they're the other ones they're the quarren quarren where the quarren just boots the the baby into the tank. <laughs> yes. Into the tank. And they, they make, they make a big point of showing baby Yoda closing the lid right before yes. it gets swallowed. Yes. Um, but then we are introduced to the first, um, clone wars crossover character. Mm-hmm. Um, in the, in the character of Bo-Katan, who yep. was a major part of the Clone Wars, um, played by Katie Sackhoff, who did the voice in uh, in the cartoon. Um, they come to his rescue a couple of times. And there's... Seeing... Uh, one thing that I've loved about this show is seeing the Mandalorians in all their glory. Mm-hmm. And the the Clone Wars cartoon did that very well, too being that it's Dave Filoni who did the cartoon and now is doing this. Um, it translates extremely well. And I really liked the character of Bo-Katan in the show, in the cartoon. And I really mm-hmm. liked the, the live action portrayal of it. Yeah. Because, right on. because it's not just her character has been picked up, but she has lived through the purge and through all of, the hardships that the Mandalorian have went through mm-hmm. instead of just hearing about it, like the main character, the Mandalorian. Right. And you get that scene where she takes her helmet off and, and Din is like, where did you get that armor? And her, the, um, Bo-Katan's other, I don't know. We'll call him her Lieutenant. Um, says, Oh, he's one of those. And so they know about these coverts that who they, she like calls them out and says, you know, you're a child of the watch and they were religious zealots that, that feel you can't take your helmet off. Right. And I really feel like we're getting to a point where he's going to start questioning. He's going to start questioning his faith. Right. And he's going to start looking at it like I've met all these people and they all have these different, um, these different ideologies and all these different ways of living. 
maybe the way that I've been brought up isn't necessarily right. Mm -hmm. And he's already started that journey with taking care of the child and second guessing um, in the first season, what they were going to do with the child instead of just letting them go with them. Um, so he's already been on that trajectory, but now he's meeting other Mandalorians and seeing that these are true Mandalorians born on Mandalore that don't subscribe to the whole got to keep your helmet on. Right. And I really enjoy that because it is like when you think about how silly it would be to keep your armor and helmet on all the time. Right. And like there was that shot last week where he went to his bunk and he laid down, but he still had his helmet on. Mm -hmm. Like at some point you're going to have to take it off to eat or do, you know, whatever. So it's, it's just an interesting take. You're now seeing multiple sides of the Mandalorians and, um, they, they then like recruit him to go stop this ship that's full of weapons Mm -hmm. and um, get a interesting cameo from um, Titus Welver who uh, is in Bosch and also was the man in black on lost. Mm -hmm. He also played Jimmy O'Fallon on sons of anarchy. Okay. Um, And you would know him if you saw him and they take the ship. There's a, there's some humor that's woven into this one again. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the scene where the guy in the cargo hold is like, shut the doors, shut the doors. And the trooper's like, which door? All of them. Shut them all. all. Of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then they shut him down and he's like, Hey, we have them trapped. And he's like trapped where in the control center. And then you see the back door open and they all get sucked out. Yes. Um, you know, it's, it's just, extremely well done and i i feel like they may split katie sack off onto her own show onto disney plus i feel like there might be like an owls tv show coming well there's there's a rumor of a bad bunch show coming right so that's roughly the same time period they i can't remember if they actually interactive interacted during clone wars but they easily could be frenemies but the but the bad batch is going to be animated isn't it oh is it i thought it was oh i don't know um i'm losing track (laughs) um but the fact that they took the time to make katie sackoff's outfit and like she looks just like the the clone wars version oh it was oh when she appeared on screen it was great yeah it was it really was i mean it was incredible when when she took her helmet off i went holy shit it's bo katan yeah to which my wife my wife and daughter said who's bo katan and so (laughs) so she immediately in the in the show goes i'm bo katan and i was like see but yeah, I mean, just like, I don't know how much of the design of Bo-Katan in the Clone Wars was based off of Katie Sackhoff. And, you know, I don't know if it was a, they cast the person and then they made the, the 3D uh, puppet um, look like her. 
mm-hmm. or whether or not it was just a coincidence, but they make her look exactly like the Clone Wars character. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that's great. Down to the headband with the lights on it. You're just like, holy shit. OK. Yep. Um, but, you know, with the with the fact that they're going to take this ship of weapons and fight for Mandalore with as popular as the Mandalorian has been, I got to think that Disney is saying if Katie Sackoff wants to do seasons of this, we should we should back it. We should let her. Yeah. Yep. Because there's there's no reason why they can't build a couple of more uh, volumes and do multiple um, oh, of course not. Multiple shows at the same time using like the same crew or whatever. Well, I mean, they can even go with the Walking Dead model where it's like, OK, so we do our eight episodes of this. Yeah. And then we do our eight episodes of Obi-Wan and then we do our eight episodes of Bad Batch. And just you've got a full Star Wars season that's yep. not, you know, 20 plus episodes. And they're they're talking about, I guess they they'd announced that they're going to start a Boba Fett TV show. Yep. Um, so there's no shortage of stuff that they can do. Um, but I feel like the character of Bo-Katan is too big to waste on one or two episodes. A guest star. Yes. Yep. Which is, I was really surprised that Titus Welver didn't survive the episode. Yeah. Cause he's, he's a decent actor and that's kind of a big thing to waste on a cameo. Well, but, I mean, the Mandalorian has done that in the past. I know. And Werner Herzog was only in a couple of episodes. Right. But I don't know. I mean, it shows you that nobody's safe. With the exception of maybe Baby Yoda and the Mandalorian. <laughs> right. But I mean, everybody else that could just kill off. Well, until the giant squid thing eats Baby Yoda. Yeah. I mean, and I did appreciate like Bo-Katan when she looks at Baby Yoda gives the Mandalorian this like sly look because she, she knew Yoda. Mm-hmm. She knows exactly who, which is why she sends him straight to Ahsoka Tano. Right. And it's the first time we get her name dropped in a live action TV show. Yep. Um, you know, she's going to probably be in not next week's episode, but the week after. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to be amazing to see her and maybe Rex. <laughs> on screen in live action. I think with the success of the first season of Mandalorian, they're starting to feel their way around what people want to see. Yeah. So, you know, solo was kind of the movie nobody really wanted, Mm -hmm. but now they're bringing in these characters that were established in, you know, afternoon animation. And seeing the response to them go through the roof. Well, and they have seasons worth of episodes where Bo-Katan was in a bunch of episodes. Oh, yeah. And they can track her popularity and they can track Ahsoka Tano's popularity. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, not necessarily with Ahsoka Tano because they they recast her. Well. With a big name. Actually. Ashley Eckstein could not have played Ahsoka Tano in real life. No, you don't think they could have stuck the thing on her head? And... No, I think she could have played young Ahsoka. Okay. I don't think she could have played battle-worn Ahsoka. Okay, fair enough. And Ashley's a sweetheart. 
She's this, you know, cute little blonde, perky. <laughs> I, I, I think Rosario Dawson was a good choice. Okay. Fair to enough. to continue that legacy. Right. Um. But, but I, yeah, I mean, I. I think with with like uh, Katie Sackoff, she's got a huge following from Battlestar Galactica. The the stuff that she's done since then, including that show that she's shooting a second season for on Netflix. Mm-hmm. That's got kind of a, a shelf life to it. Sure. Um, because Netflix doesn't like to do multiple seasons of anything anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think in her best interest, moving to star Wars is probably going to be like a huge career bump for her. Well, and she's also one of those fan favorites in the genre. Yeah. yeah. You know, she did Battlestar. She did big bang theory. She did uh flash. Mm-hmm. She's, she's not really a, a mainstream actress. Right. But she works a lot. Right. And, and she's a genre actress. Like a yeah. lot of what she does is in the sci-fi fantasy realm. Yeah. 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 And she knows that. And, you know, she's got, she's got a YouTube channel, um, where she's very candid about stuff. And, and she has said like she, for Halloween, she watched, um, did commentary on her first movie, which was a Friday the 13th, mm-hmm. one of them anyway. And she basically rips her performance apart and she was like, Oh no, I'm, I'm way better now. And like, <laughs> Like she's, she's honest and she can sit there and she can say like, um, you know, this is where, this is where my fans are. And this is where, um, I'm going to do the best for my career. Mm -hmm. And in that, like, she's already like gushed about the experience of bringing Bo-Katan to life. So I'm, I'm only assuming that that's signaling to whoever that like, Hey, she's interested Mm -hmm. because why wouldn't you be? Oh no, definitely. And sh- I don't think she's going to pull a John Boyega no. or, you know, she's going to bad mouth it at some point where, you know, I think she understands what it is and this is a good path for her and it's going to bring her even more success. And you, you know, you don't bite the hand that feeds you. No. And whether, whether John Boy- Boyega stuff was justified or not, um, mm-hmm. cause I, I don't know what happened on that set um, other than what he's he's saying and people are backing him up. Um, if that's the way he was treated, then that's really fucked up. Sure. And, you know, but it, the, the Mandalorian set does not strike me as a place where things like that are happening. Mm-hmm. Um, they all seem to really love their characters and the, and the work that they're doing. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't seem like anybody of of any race or creed or whatever would have an issue working on that set. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's very different. Very different. Uh, yeah. And, and when I went to that um, horror convention and Carl Weathers was there, he, he talked about like the feeling on that set and how that like, he wasn't there a lot, but when he was there, it was a family and it was, it was very tight knit and like you watched each other's backs and, and everybody was out for the betterment of the show as opposed Mm -hmm. to the betterment of themselves. And there's those rumors about, you know, Pedro Pascal being all pissed off about 
wearing the helmet or whatever, which we don't know whether or not that's true. He's promoting the shit out of the show. So I can't imagine that he's mad. Right. You know, otherwise he just wouldn't put the shit up on Fridays about like, you know, there's a new episode or whatever. I don't, I can't see that being in his contract. Mm -hmm. Although maybe it is, maybe that's a social media clause or something. I don't know. Um, but still, if he was getting ready to leave the show, I don't think he'd be as involved as he is. So. Yeah. Well, and I think he also knows that this is a pretty cake gig for him. Yeah. I'm, you know, that if he decides to walk, they're not going to kill the character. They're going to find somebody who can do his voice. Or do, and, do a fight scene where he gets hit in the throat and all of a sudden he sounds different. Sure. <clears throat> You know, it kind of sounds like the way out (laughs) where they get, um, Oh, what's his name? The guy who does all the voices, um, James Arnold Taylor, either James Arnold Taylor or, um, D D Bradley Baker. Is that the other one? Yes. Get one of those. Bradley Baker is the, the frog lady's voice. Right. So get one of those guys to show up and be like, can you do a Pedro? Yeah. Right. Cause I don't know. I don't know how. Would they be able to get away with that after what happened with Back to the Future? Well, we're going to see how they get away with it because Johnny Depp has been fired from the third Fantastic Beasts movie. Yeah, but... And he's still a main character, and they're saying they're recasting it with Mads Mikkelsen. But as long as they don't make him look like Johnny Depp. But it's the same character. I know, but what I'm saying is in Back to the Future... Right. Um, they put makeup on the guy for, so he looked like Crispin Glover. For George and... McFly, they used prosthetics. Yep. To make him look like Crispin Glover. They were sued and they lost for that. If you have a main character and that's only a voice and he walks and they bring somebody in to do an impression of him, is he able to sue them for that? Like, that's, mm, that's a question that. I de- it that depends be, on his contract. I guess. If. And hearing all the stuff they went through with the the latest star Wars films, I wouldn't be surprised if there was some clause that calls out that he does not have exclusivity to playing that character. Okay. Okay. I would, that would be my guess. Okay. I'm sure since that, since back to the future two thing happened, I'm sure there's all kinds of shit in contracts. Yeah. For, yeah. So that just, that doesn't happen. Yeah, but that was 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Yeah, I mean, it, it. I always liked the way that Marvel handled it when um, they got rid of, um, uh, what's his name? Red. The guy who played the first, who played Rhodey Red in the Skull. first. No. Who played who? Who played Rhodey in the first um, Iron Man. Howard. Terrence Howard. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They they recast it with um, Don Cheadle, and he walks into his first scene, and he looks at Robert Downey Jr. and he says, "It's me. I'm here. Get over it." <sighs> and they just went on with the movie. Yeah, and they did that. They they did a similar thing in the third Mummy movie when they recast uh, Rachel Wise, and it was okay. supposed to be her, and it. They found an actress that just that looked just like her 
And the movie opens with her telling a story, telling the story of the, like the first or second mummy movie Mm -hmm. and somebody saying, well, that that's not you at all. And she was like, no, I was a different person then. And so like, if you acknowledge it and just put it out there, you know, maybe they can't, there's no backpedaling there. And then, you know, the audience is disarmed with the fact that it's a different person doing the character. Right. So I don't know. Well, I mean, Roseanne did it. Well, that's true. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. You know, sometimes you acknowledge it. Sometimes you don't. It depends on how it fits into your story. I do. I I do think that Pedro is not the type of guy that would walk away from it. I would like to think so. He seems like a stand-up dude, and, and I know they say never meet your idols, but, you know, he's done enough stuff that I've enjoyed where it would really suck if he was that way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I'm assuming that with the ship, with the way that his ship is um, beat up mm-hmm. after the crash on the ice planet and then falling into the water, that he's going to have to stop off before they get to Ahsoka Tano. And the only reason that I'm kind of sure that that's going to happen is that um, Dave Filoni wrote and directed episode five. And if you're going to bring a Sokotano to the, to live action, it's going to be the guy that created her mm-hmm. and what better way to do it than be the one that he directs. Right. So that would be my guess. So they still have to, to go somewhere before they get to the forest moon of wherever. It's like Caledon. Caledon. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing though, is that, um, the two planets, they, they mention Corvus and they mention Caledon. Mm-hmm. And those are both planets from the Dune galaxy. Oh, really? And Dune referenced, or, or George Lucas referenced Dune um, with the, the, um, the dragon skeleton, the sandworm skeleton that, that 3PO comes across. Right. So we know that there was some connection there. So why wouldn't we throw that in there as well? Okay. That's kind of cool. And Caledon was the water planet where, um, Paul Atreides mother is from and Corvus, uh, was in the later novels. It wasn't the novels by Frank Herbert. It was, later Dune novels by other authors. I mean, there's definitely Dune influence all over. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, Star Wars, there's only so much originality you have. It's like, Oh, it's a desert planet and there's spice and you know, sure. Why not? Yeah. And, and like the way that the crate dragon moved in that first episode under the, under the sand was very reminiscent of the, the spice worms and, Oh Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So we'll have to see where that goes. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm really interested in a live action Ahsoka, but I don't think it's going to be more than one episode. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I, there was talk about splitting her out into her own TV show. 
Which they could. Yeah. I mean, they could even throw, use the Bo-Katan series to further develop Ahsoka as she goes off to search for for Ezra and involve the owls. I I personally would love to see them get to 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 uh where Ahsoka Tano is and Ezra's with her. Sure. Uh that she's found him and she's found him and yeah. Like like there'd be a live action Ezra. I think that would be kind of cool too. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah, know if they're gonna they're gonna pack that much into it. Mm-hmm. I know this is supposed to set this story is supposed to set up a larger universe of Star Wars on TV. Right. Um, but that would be an Ahsoka show, um, a Boba Fett show, a Bo-Katan show, if they do them all, a, an Obi-Wan show. Mm-hmm. Like, they might as well get Ray Park and do a... Um, um, Darth Maul? Well, a Darth Maul, but like at the end of Solo, when he's when he's part Crimson, of... Crimson Dawn? Crimson Dawn, yeah. Yeah. I think they should do that. And, you know, I'm sure you could get the chick from Game of Thrones to show up for a couple episodes. Oh, God. What else is she doing? Right. And just be just, you know, she's making crappy Christmas movies, apparently. Exactly. But, you know, just have even in a couple. But, you know, people want to see more Darth Maul. So fucking bring him on. Bring it back. Bring him back. Yeah. You get Ray Park gets work. The the dude that's uh, does his voice gets work like, yeah. It's all good. Sam Whitwork. Sam Whitwork. Yeah. I think they should do a new reality show. <laughs> yeah. With both Ray Park and Sam Whitwer. Okay. And it's like a, a karate kid kind of thing. Like the search for the next Sith. <laughs> Sith search. Instead of star search, it's Sith search. Sith search. Sith search. Say that five times fast. Exactly. See, that's the gimmick. <laughs> then you get all these Star Wars people to... to to be in the promo saying sister, sister, <laughs> see, just like that. Did you see the, uh, after last week's episode of baby Yoda eating the, the eggs, eggs, the, the, the thing about the Yoda that he was the apex predator on Dagobah. Yep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that every creature on Dagobah lived in fear until the day he died. Yes. <laughs> Cause you never saw him eat. The only thing that he tried to eat was the thing out of Luke's um, backpack pack. And he was like, you call this food? Exactly. So, yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. Mm -hmm. I think an excellent short film would be um, Dagobah as Luke leaves for the last time after Yoda's dead and the X-Wing disappears and all the animals come out and like breathe a big sigh of relief. (laughs) <laughs> ah, he's gone. Okay. The little green one, the monster, is finally dead. And then some other creature comes out of the swamp and eats them all. <laughs> or, you know, there's that thing where um, in Rise of Skywalker, it became very clear that um, the Force ghosts could manipulate objects in the real world. Mm-hmm. You know, Luke catches the lightsaber. He raises the ship. Yoda in the second one um, creates lightning out of nowhere to burn down the tree. You know, all that shit. 
Yep. Um, so it's very, it's, it's very apparent that Yoda could come back and just kill them all anyway. <laughs> and like, as a force goes, just keep eating them. Yeah. Although now that I think about it, if Luke could interact with the lightsaber, why didn't all the force ghosts come back and help her at the end? Because they were doing other stuff. <laughs> but they talked they were, to her. They were busy. They, they were busy. They talked to Ray as she was dying. Yeah. So maybe they weren't as fully evolved as Luke was. That Luke had a higher concentration of midichlorians that so what couldn't anakin he was able back? to live on if anakin was a true divergence in the force because anakin lived out his purpose <laughs> he got redeemed at the end and there you go bye-bye oh, and then they destroyed his story by bringing the emperor back gotcha yeah well <laughs> i'm not bitter i'm not i just don't watch those three movies yeah <laughs> star wars is six is six movies long as far as i'm concerned yeah. Just like just like there's only three Indiana Jones films. All right. And really only two. <laughs> you don't like Temple of Doom? No, I don't like Temple of Doom. I don't think anybody does. It was weird to go from Raiders to a prequel. And one that dealt with like like I th- the the whole thing about Raiders was that it's Nazis and everybody hates Nazis. Mm-hmm. Well, except for the Nazis in this country. And um, it was it was a Christian artifact. And th- you go to India with Indian artifacts and, and a Hindu cult. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think it plays as well as coming back to the next one. You got Nazis and a Christian artifact again. Right. So don't even get me started on aliens because okay nobody wants that okay but um i think that's why there's that dip is that like you go from something that people can relate to to not to back to you know right you try to stretch and it's yeah inconceivable yep and it's got sean connery in it and well see there you go Oh, another thing I rewatched this week was um, The Untouchables. Oh, okay. Um, just because I really like Sean Connery in that movie, and since he died, you know, I was like, oh, let's watch that. And I don't know if, um, oh, what's his name? The guy who played Elliot Ness. Kevin Costner. Costner? Mm-hmm. I don't know if he was just a really bad actor back then. Yeah. Or whether he was just given weird line readings for his lines. Okay. But he's, he doesn't do very well in the untouchables Mm. when he's trying to be like all Elliot Ness in front of these guys. You're like, those are like really stilted line readings. Hmm. And then you have Sean Connery that just walks up and down the, the scenery and you're like, Oh, okay. If it was a choice, it was a weird choice by Costner. But Yeah, it's been so long since I've seen that. And that's one of those movies that just kind of ends. There's it builds to this this point and then it's just over. And you're like, but there's supposed to be like 
something on the end there. Right. But like, you know, all these people die and like he's trying to figure out a way. And then all of a sudden, bam, he's in jail for tax evasion and mm-hmm. a movie. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's still a decent movie, I guess. For what it is. For what it is. It certainly looks better than Costner's current film. What's his current film? Uh, he goes off searching for his grandchild. (laughs) So that when his, his daughter dies, the son-in-law takes the grandchild to his people. Is that let him go? Yes. Okay. And it looks like it's a Liam Neeson ripoff. Oh, it's, it's mom and pop Kent. Huh? Him and, and Diane Lane played Ma and Pa oh. Kent in Man of Steel. There you go. So their grandson would have to be. <laughs> oh my God, this movie just suddenly makes so much more sense. <laughs> that would be great. I would love to see that movie. That would be a great idea for a movie. What? The Revenge of the Kents. Revenge. <laughs> Okay. Where they go off, they have like this big, big supply of Krypton and they go off looking for, you know, rogue Kryptonians. Right. Well, I mean, that would definitely be, would they, how do they explain Pa Kent's death though? Does he get resurrected? He gets resurrected. Oh, okay. By the same green Kryptonite that gave Superman his powers. (laughs) There you, there okay. I, there you go. Let's start writing. Okay. Not a problem. You heard it here okay. first, first, folks. Yeah, good times. I mean, you wouldn't need a lot of special effects except for you know some green glowing crystals. That's easy enough. Sure. All right. <laughs> We're gonna do it. Okay. We're gonna do it. All right. We'll get right on that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You got anything else for this week? Uh, no. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, if you want to get in touch with us, you can always send us an email at info at dancemonkeypodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Let us know you're listening. So until next week, this is Chris. This is John. Have a good week. He lost.